goodest of good, whichever portion of your particular diurnal cycle this is to you, podcast pals. And welcome to another tranche of Discontent Provider. The show wherein we take a long and unflinching look at the world and then profoundly wish that we hadn't. With me, as ever, in the happy place, a secluded spot in the wilds of Warwickshire, is Arkham, the world's greatest lurcher. He's by way of being something of the emotional nexus of this atrocity, whereas I, Foxy, represent at least a certain level of critical analysis and articulacy. We're something like the id and the ego, although it's been so long since I dabbled in the study of psychology, I've quite forgotten which one is which. Ah, not that it really matters, of course. As I understand it, not only has old Sigmund fallen somewhat out of fashion in the past half-century or so, didn't I hear at one point that he was keener than most people are on watching other folk defecate? Well, that may may or may not be the case, but in any event, it's not the sort of thing with which we'll be profaning our sacred uh, Sylvian grove. Uh, Mind you, if you do have any particular whoppers of which you might be particularly proud, I I suppose you could let us know about them and we could share them with other listeners. No, no, interactivity is all well and good, very popular these days, but I don't think we'll be doing that. Right, that's the housekeeping out of the way. Although I've rarely come across any other podcast that begin with the host flip-flopping over the solicitation of shit pics, so God preserve us. If that's our USP. Uh, Perhaps we ought to, you know, just get on with it. Uh, In the interest of keeping these episodes relatively brief, I've decided upon focusing more or less on one subject in particular, per sesh. After all, time is an important commodity. You're all busy, and I respect and appreciate that. As I'm sure the tense, terse, crisp and muscular Hemingway-esque intro showed admirably. So, rather than issue a genuine, uh, general bulletin debunking the ghastly and parlous... Do you know, I was speaking to someone yesterday who actually used the word parlous in casual conversation. Absolutely astonishing. Uh, the parlous doings of unjustly elevated fuck stumps worldwide. I'd like, with your kind indulgence, to stick to a particular theme. Today's bee in my stylish, albeit rather anachronistic bonnet, is Petty Politics. I was watching PMQs the other day, that's Prime Minister's Question Time for those living outside our not notably United Kingdoms, and uh, the phrase was used by Rishi Sunak as a crisp rejoinder to a question posed by uh, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer, one which I regret to report he signally failed to answer in any meaningful way. But, well, well, said I to myself, this is good stuff, ain't it? Pettiness in politics is something that has bedeviled public discourse for lo these many years. If the Prime Minister is as appalled by it as I am, that can only be a good thing. Admitting there is a problem, as I've been told at a couple of happily unsuccessful uh, interventions, uh, is the first step to solving it. Super groovy stuff, to be sure. Or at least it would have been were in any way sincere. You see, a mere four fucking minutes before that, Mr Sunak had dismissed Labour's proposed NHS reforms, citing the CEO of the Nuffields Trust assertion that they would cost a fortune and were out of date. A perfectly respectable debating point, I suppose. Uh, these things are subject to multiple interpretations. But then, cats and kittens, he smirked and added, Just like Labour! And there, in a nutshell, is the problem. Major political figures discussing matters that mean life and death to the public, and it all boils down to saying, No, you are, in the tone of a particularly oleaginous school kid pointing out that a parent has just used a double negative. 
we're pretty much fucked if that's the best there is. But is it the fault of the political class? Is the media to blame? Obviously, to some extent, the answer to both questions is yes, yes, of course it is, what are you, some sort of fucking dope. But saying that absolves the uh, wider public of a responsibility that they bear, and bear dashed heavily for the atrocious state of affairs. You see, this absurd ping-pongery, this fixation upon the scoring of cheap points rather than substantial debate, is something that I feel we're all guilty of to some extent. What aboutery, despite my loathing of modern internet words, is very much a thing, and as long as people indulge in it, while fiercely berating others for doing so, those in power can pretty much do whatever they want, and need only fear repercussions in the most extreme circumstances. Only yesterday, a story uh, broke that uh, exemplified this perfectly. The disclosure... Uh, that two sets of documents, including some that were classified as being top secret, were found in the possession of US President Joe Biden. Democrat disciples were, of course, quick to defend their man. Trump did it, and he had more documents. While Donald Trump's MAGA crowd were quick to point out that the Donald had been roundly denounced for taking a few equally sensitive souvenirs back to Mar-a-Lago, and where, by the way, were the swarming feds poking around Sleepy Joe's root cellar? The former president uh, went so far as to tweet that maybe the FBI should search the White House. That was rather baffling, as the White House is precisely where top-secret documents are supposed to be. But let's leave that aside, though. The lad was probably still giddy from his recent reinstatement beneath the wings of the big blue bird. Of course, the feds, or some other sort of cops, did give Joe's gaff a tumble and found another cache of documents in his garage. Now. There are nuances and differences between the two cases that have been rather lost in the shuffle. Firstly, Biden's uh, documents, I believe, date from his tenure as vice president. And while some of them were classified, it's hard to imagine that they were super crucial to the defence of the USA. Now, maybe I've been misled by coverage of previous Veeps, whose function, it appears, was mostly ceremonial or to misspell potato in schools. One for the old is there. But I rather assume that uh, they mostly pertain to the dietary requirements of guests at relatively unimportant receptions and the like. Don't give so-and-so dairy, otherwise there'll be an incident. That sort of thing. Uh, Secondly, we are assured that as soon as they were uh, unearthed from a locked box in a storage room, as opposed to being kept in some sort of cupboard in a hotel... They were returned to the US archives and the President's office is apparently cooperating fully with the Department of Justice as they investigate the matter. You know, as opposed to loudly proclaiming that Mr B can declassify documents with nothing but the power of his mind. Having said that, if I were a professional communicator, as White House staff are, I might not have chosen to suggest that the President might not have been aware of the existence of this paperwork You know, when he's surrounded by political opponents keen to paint him as a doddering old fool whose mind meat is being mauled by the wolf of senility. But I dare say they know what they're doing. They are, as I say, professional communicators, and I'm doing this for free. Now, it may seem that I'm taking a defensive stance on Biden's behalf here, but that simply isn't the case. For one thing, one set of documents was found in the at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement, a name that is frankly fucking terrifying, positively chilling. 
bringing to mind as it does anything from a secret spy school to tanks filled with super soldiers being bred in basements. Uh, the second cache, of course, was, I say, uh, found in the garage of his family home in Delaware. The reasons for these things could be based on anything from really sinister motives to pure drooling idiocy, just as could the case for Trump. And that's the point. Without serious consideration and research into the minutiae, or the weeds, as our American cousins say, the cases do look pretty similar, which opens the door for the whatabout crowd. But who can blame them? One way or another, politicians of all stripes and persuasions know this is the case, I think, and they, uh, the certainty that the witless nature of partisan politics will fuel this pointless bonfire of balderdash emboldens them to try it on time and time again. After all, if lawmaker A is caught with their fingers in the till or elsewhere, they know that roughly half the population will loudly scream that lawman, uh, lawmaker B did exactly the same thing. So there... The two things, uh, sorry, the two wings of unthinking loyalists will point fingers, accuse, insist that the guilt of one is proof of the innocence of the other, and quite often very little will be done, except for everybody becoming that little more disenchanted with and disengaged from the political realm. And whose interest does that serve? Eh, what? Not ours, cats and kittens. Not ours. Well, there you go then. That's Fox's thesis. The solution? Well, I don't rightly know. It's either to try to engage with one's political opponents in a rational case-by-case basis, conceding that our politicians are just as likely to be bent as court screws as are those on the other side of the aisle, or it's for people not to act like complete fucking cretins. Does anyone want to hold their breath while we wait for that to happen? Well, I can't as it goes. I've got a song to sing, so that lets me out. Uh, but before I do so, however, let me say a big ta from Arkham and myself for downloading us and add that we'll see you next week on, it seems, an ever-growing range of podcast apps, both popular and painfully obscure. Please, like us, subscribe to us, and share links with all your family and friends. You know that person in your social circle that gets really jazzed about a podcast and won't shut up about the damn thing? That could be you! All opinions expressed herein are, of course, my own and are to be used for entertainment purposes only. And all quotes and references are taken from reputable media sources, for what that's worth. If you'd like to get in touch, shoot an email over to... Um, what are we? Yes. Discontentprovider at gmx.co.uk. Right, that's it. Cheerio! That show that you support is chock full of criminals They're only out to feather their nests But the party I vote for are honourable and principled And only ever act for the best How can you say that they're as crooked as anything Proven thieves, perverts and liars Charlatans, mountebanks and never-do-wells Basking in their own fated mire if there's any justice, the police will soon move in to round them up in a mass arrest. You say my lot's corrupt and dirty just because of maybe 30 suspect government contracts awarded. But weren't the shitbags you support exposed in dozens of reports of public money being defrauded? What about a redeflection about your guys' rogue erection? You're peddling the same old lies. 
You know your horse, I did it first, you know they did it so much worse So why won't you just open your eyes? To unrestrained abuse of power, scandals breaking hour by hour What the fuck are you retarded? You can always argue that there are faults on both sides But that's a lazy trick I fully expected If all of them are as bent as you say that they are Then how do they keep getting elected? My leaders always tell the truth Blind faith is my only proof How can you say they're all the same? If that were true then wouldn't it mean folk like me are idiots And democracy is all a big game we're always right, you're always wrong, deep down you've known it all along Whatever we do, we're better than you Whatever we do, we're better than you